International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition International Orienteering Podcast So, International Orienteering Podcast is back again with a new episode after uh, maybe the highlight uh, of the spring for the club runners uh, Tiumila last uh, weekend uh, there has been uh, a silent uh, weekend, no, not uh, at all, I think. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, uh, national champs and uh, national competitions uh, during uh, the whole uh, Europe. Uh, are there any special uh, competitions you have watched, Eva, this uh, weekend? Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of races, uh, both in Scandinavia and Southern Europe. Uh, so we will talk about uh, the Swedish sprint champs. Uh, I was following this individual sprint there and there was also a knockout sprint uh, in Finland we had the Finnish middle distance champ and uh, a, uh, another race in the relay league uh, we had Austrian championship with a lot of good non-Austrian competitors as well and we are getting into the week now with the, where there is the world cup world championship selection races for many many countries in Switzerland so this is a very important week in the in the orienteering season yeah, maybe um, uh, this week uh, there is a shift from uh, club uh, focus to the more national team uh, focus because uh, yeah, the coming weekend, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, people uh, are about to qualify to this uh, summer's highlight, uh, the world champs in Switzerland. But uh, I think we shall, um, before we talk about that, we can uh, mention some news in our interior world and. Um, uh, we have earlier uh, this uh, winter I've been talking about uh, the referee system that IOF uh, will uh, uh, include in uh, sprint uh, competitions uh, this season. And um, during its late- latest meeting um, in the middle of uh, May, IOF Council approved uh, a proposal to use a new referee system in uh, yeah in uh, sprints where they have. Uh, uh, TV pictures uh, and uh, yeah uh, this will g- give the organizers uh, possibility to do uh, quick decisions during a sprint race and uh, already in the World Cup in Czech Republic Republic in this summer they will uh, take this uh, into use and uh, yeah the referee will uh, giving not the yellow and red card uh, as in football or uh, uh, other uh, team sports, but uh, yeah, uh, disqualify runners as uh, I can understand, uh, Ivo. Uh, is time right there? Yeah, it seems like the referee will be in position to disqualify runners, uh, but also be in position to reinstate runners. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Like, uh, I can think maybe if it's like uh, because the, the referee he will be using the TV footage and stuff like that, so. Maybe it can be like a situation where a runner is missing the punching, but you can see from the TV control that she's like touch- the runner is touching the control or something like that. Uh, I think it will be really interesting to see what this system will be because it feels quite open and uh, quite hard to understand fully the concept of it just from reading the IOF news. Yeah, and um, this will be used uh, both in uh, the World Cup in. Uh... Czech Republic and also in the European uh, champs in Italy and uh, then it will uh, be uh, reviewed uh, at the end of the season so we'll see if it uh, uh, will continue to be used uh, in the upcoming uh, seasons uh, after uh, yeah what do you think uh, is it a good uh, good uh, uh, change or uh, will, will we have to see how it works out yeah, we have to see how it works out. I mean, it's like uh, with the VAR in football. Uh, the idea is great, but it's not always easy to use. And sometimes it doesn't solve the issue. Uh, so I, I think one of the big issues with the, with the jury refereeing we have had in orienteering uh, until now has been like the, uh, how can you say, maybe the lack of will to do the hard decisions. And I can assume that uh, there might be situations where the referee will act the same way. Like, yeah, something 
wrong according to the rules happen, but then the referee or the jury, as jury has been doing before, is like, ah, it was wrong, but yeah, it's not the runner's fault, or yeah, it's not that big deal, it doesn't matter. Uh, so it's it's hard to be, yeah, extremely positive and think that this will solve everything, but uh, it might it might be a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's important to have uh, quick decisions, uh, especially in uh, knockout sprints. Uh, uh, maybe that's uh, why we have uh, this uh, this change uh, now, and uh, and uh, at least we will try that for uh, the rest of the season, and uh, yeah, and then there uh, will be an evaluation of the system in the in the autumn um and uh, we also got the news uh, this um uh, this weekend that Oringen uh, or uh, the five days in Sweden will be held in Stockholm in 2027 um and it's a, a good uh, good lot of years since the last time it was in uh, Stockholm uh, neither of us were born in 1975 when it uh, was in Haninge uh, but uh, in a couple of years, uh, Stockholm will host this, uh, yeah, the world's biggest orienteering event. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, any thoughts about Oringen? Uh, this year it's going to Åre. Next year, Smålandskusten. And uh, then we have Jönköping in uh, 2025. Göteborg, as we call it in uh, Norway, in 2026. And Stockholm in 2027. Uh, do you have any thoughts uh, of Oringen going to the big cities, uh, Göteborg and Stockholm? I think uh, I have two very, very different opinions on Gothenburg and Stockholm. Uh, I think Gothenburg has very high potential. Uh, there is quite a lot of interesting terrain areas close to the city. Uh, for example, they might use the forest where it was Tiermila in 2017. Uh, I think that's a great forest, or at least it was back then. I don't know if it has happened something with the forest since then or not. But yeah, so Gothenburg has a lot of interesting orienteering terrain and big orienteering terrain, quite close. Uh, so I have high hopes for those stages. While for Stockholm, yeah, it's it's all very early and it, it's not been a lot of official news. But yeah, I've been seeing, it's been a discussion about Uring into Stockholm for many, many years now in, in the Swedish forum Orienterare. And from what I've been hearing and been reading about the about Uring in Stockholm, it's yeah, it's the Stockholm city that is the host. So you mentioned in fifty years ago it was in Haninge. Haninge is south of Stockholm, and that's like outside of the Stockholm city. Uh, and there you have quite big ter- terrains and very nice orienteering forest. Uh, but I fear it will be, yeah, if they're staying within the borders of the Stockholm city. Um, there is not that many great orienteering terrains to offer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I will wait and see until they announce where the stages will be, but uh, I don't have too high hopes. So I, I'm prepared for low orienteering value in the ring in Stockholm. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's so uh, long time ago since last time uh, in Stockholm. So, uh, I mean, uh, there are obviously some difficulties uh, uh, with having Oringen in such big uh, city, also I think. Yeah, and so like from the, I, I'm not sure how it is the, yeah, how they are looking at it now, but uh, from the earlier report some years ago, it was like yeah, there will not be any common orienteering camping as it's always been at Oringen. Uh, I think for a lot of people that uh, that will be something they will be missing. Uh, and then of course there are other positive things with Stockholm. It's like a lot of if you want to be comfortable and you know have an apartment instead of sleeping in a tent, there's a lot of opportunities in the big city. Um, but yeah, I, I struggle to see the value of having Oringen in Stockholm because yeah, you have Schiffemana in Stockholm every year. You have Tiermila in Stockholm's area basically every second year or something like that. Uh, so orienteering in Stockholm is very, very little exotic. Uh, but... Um... Something that is exotic, um, at least if you're, you are a junior runner, are, is um, the jaywalk. And uh, I, I think we should uh, mention that uh, Switzerland has um, uh, made their selections for uh, this summer's uh, jaywalk uh, in uh, Romania. Um, and at least there are some interesting names there uh, 
are there some you will uh, yeah uh, pick uh, from the list of uh, uh, six plus six uh, runners, six um, girls and six boys? Yeah, so Switzerland, they had the, the last selection races at the same weekend as it was Tumila. Uh, so they are before uh, Norway, Sweden, for example. We, we, I was following the Norwegian selection races this weekend. Uh, so we saw some really good performances there. And it will be interesting to see when the final teams are coming out. Uh, but yeah, the Swiss had their selection race one week earlier and they have done the selections. And yeah, as you mentioned, there are some good names. Uh, on the men's side, you have Pascal Scherer and Benjamin Way, for example, that have both been in the top 10. Uh, the young guy, Mathieu Bührer, he won the, the long distance selection race and he is selected in his first year as a junior. So they have a very, very strong team. Five of the guys in the men's team were running J-Rock last year. So they also have a very experienced team. Uh, on the women's side, it's uh, it's not that much experience, uh, but some very, very good runners in uh, Ines Berger and Alina Nigli. So when we will do the big preview for for Jaywalk in, in, in a month's time, uh, we will speak more about these Swiss runners. Yeah, at least, uh, as you mentioned, uh, some, uh, some interesting names there. And uh, yeah, we will be back with a big preview for um, Jaywalk uh, that will be held in the... Uh, first week of uh, the first he- whole week of uh, July in Bayamara in uh, Romania. Uh, about uh, you mentioned Shug- Shugfemmana, the big uh, uh, relay that's always in Stockholm in the autumn. Uh, there have been some uh, changes in the setup there. Uh, they have uh, yeah some uh, more um, doing some more for for the equality and uh, yeah. The ladies' uh, leg in uh, uh, leg number six is changed uh, from red to blue. That's uh, some uh, Swedish uh, for the difficulties of the leg, as I assume. Yeah, so the color system in Sweden, it's uh, it's both uh, different in in uh, in like uh, orienteering technical difficulty, but also in terrain technical technically so for example you have the top level is blue and black where it's both like the the top technical uh, but black is the harder physical uh, so this means that the women leg will be at the most difficult it's possible to make in the terrain uh, i think the big uh, the big thing the big change here is that the, yeah you need to have at least nine uh, women and at least nine men in the team uh, i think before last year it was at least eight women and at least eight men. So the num- you need uh, a number the number of women you need in team is getting higher. And I think with this in combination that uh, you are making the, the 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 sixth leg where it's only women running harder and longer. Uh, I think it's it's a great great benefit for for the clubs that are big on the on the women's side because you can have. A maximum of eight women 21 runners in the team uh, and also max eight men 21 um, so i think the yeah compared with how it's been the last five ten years uh, to have the good elite women it's uh, it's more and more and more important if you want to fight for the victory here yeah so uh, yeah as they said they're uh, screwing on the equality so the women is getting uh, more uh, more to uh, more important as you mentioned and, um... Yeah, and I think for, for the top teams, uh, I think that it's good in a way. Uh, but it's also the problem is that the more restrictions you put, uh, the harder it is to fill second team, third teams, uh, or small clubs, the harder it is for them to be able to um, be able to, to fill the team. Uh, but I think Chifamana is such a big relay. Uh, and I think it's it's not that many clubs that they will have a problem with these changes. But maybe... In the future, if it goes up to that, you need to have at least ten of each gender, then or maybe eleven. Uh, it might be harder. The more restrictions you put, the harder it is for the small clubs and for the third, fourth team of the big clubs. Um, yeah, you you know, um, uh, both of us have been running Sugifamana for Sorotalia, and uh, it's a really important uh, relay also for a club like uh, Sorotalia. Uh, uh, how do you think uh, this will affect, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, say uh, Sorotalia and the big clubs then? 
Well, I think the big difference is the uh, with with the women, the elite women becoming more and more important. Uh, I think we we don't have to look more than a week back uh, before we see that yeah, this is a big big uh, advantage for EFK at birth, for example. Um, of course, this year it's very special because the the European champs is uh, at the same weekend as Shifemana, so this year it might be or it will be a Shifemana without the top runners in any clubs because they will be at the European champs in Italy. Uh, so that's why this year it will be a special year that way anyway. So maybe we have to wait until next year before we can see uh, if there is a big difference in this this new setup. Uh, as we say in Norway, when the cat is away, the mouses are uh, dancing on the table. And uh, kind of that was the issue uh, in the Swedish champ in the sprint. I think we will go through this um, from uh, country to country. You mentioned also the middle distance in uh, Finland and uh, in Austria also middle distance champs. But we start with the sprint champs in uh, Sweden where they had the individual sprint on uh, Saturday and the sprint relay on uh, Sunday. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, some of the very best Swedish runners were uh, abroad. Um, we will come back to that later. Um, they were uh, some of the girls were competing in Austria, and then it was an opportunity for um, those who were um, back home to win the uh, medal. And there was a really tight fight in the women's class there. Yeah, it was extremely close. Uh, as you said, uh, the best the women from the A national team they are preparing for the selection races. Uh, so they were not participating and that means it was a big chance for those who are normally yeah, fighting for the positions maybe around five uh, when all the best Swedes are there. Uh, and it was extremely close with uh, Vilma von Klusenstjärna winning one second ahead of uh, a shared second place for Josefin Kjernlund and Till Östberg. So really, really close fight for the gold medal. And then there was a gap down to Ida Kristiansson from IFG Göteborg, which was 20 seconds down in fourth place. Uh, but extremely close, three runners within one second. Uh, it's, you always say that sprint races, they are so close and blah, 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 blah. But it's not often that it's this close. Uh, so it must have been... Oh, I, I was not following the, the women's final uh, at that time. So I was busy at that time. So I only saw the results afterwards. But I, it must have been really exciting to follow it live. Uh, yeah, with the live results and... Uh, the pre-warning and everything. Uh, so yeah, big big victory for Vilma von Kusuchana. Uh, she's really been stepping up in the sprint races this year. Uh, she was doing good at the sprint races during the winter. Uh, clearly one to look out for when it comes to the European champ selections. Um, but yeah, that's how it should be in sprint races. Close and if you make a mistake, you instead of winning, if you make a five-second mistake, then you end up third. Uh, so that's how it should be. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, seven seconds, uh, and then you were uh, number four in the men's class. Uh, there we had uh, some national team runners, uh, yeah, to the start. I will say, uh, uh, yeah, maybe a bit stronger start field there. Uh, but but the only thing you can do is win against uh, those who are to, at the start. Yeah, uh, I would say a lot stronger field uh, among the men. Uh, you had Gustav Bergman, Martin Reiborn, Jonathan Gustafsson, August Molén, and so on, so on, so on. Uh, so a lot of good runners here. Uh, very close. It was six runners within 11 seconds. Uh, three seconds from gold to bronze medal. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Gustafsson, uh, the runner from KFU Mörderbro, which won a medal at the sprint, knockout sprint at the World Championship last year. He took his first uh, Swedish championship medal and it was a gold medal. Uh, he won the race two seconds ahead of Tim Robertson and three seconds ahead of uh, Gustav Bergman. And then Martin Reegborn in fourth place, he was seven seconds down. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's the result from the race. And yeah, Jonathan Gustafsson, he got the gold medal. Tim Robertson, he got the silver medal and Gustav Bergman got the bronze medal. Uh, but I expect that there will be some changes here uh, when the Swedish federations uh, are, yeah, how you say, when they are done with uh, investigating and looking at the rules and stuff like that, because uh, from what, from how I read the rules uh, in Swedish orienteering, 
uh, Tim Robertson is not eligible for winning a, a medal in the Swedish champs. Um, you can win a medal in the Swedish champs if you are a non-Swedish runner, but you live in Sweden and you represent a Swedish club. And Tim Robertson, he represented a Swedish club at this race, uh, but he represented the Finnish club Kove at Tiumila. And I think the rules are pretty clear when it says that only Swedish citizens can have can be running races in Sweden for a foreign club and then run Swedish champs for a Swedish club and be eligible for medals. Uh, so I expect that uh, yeah, we are recording this Tuesday evening. Maybe before it's uh, dropped, the Swedish Federation have come out with a uh, solution for this issue. Uh, maybe it will take some days, maybe it will take a week. But uh, I, the way I see the rules, there is no chance, uh, there is no reason to think that uh, Tim Robertson should be eligible here. Uh, but um, you mentioned uh, Jonathan Gustafsson uh, got his first uh, uh, medal in the Swedish champs. That's not uh, true either because he has got some uh, indoor medals in track and field running this winter. And not- yeah, but you know, we're not a Turing podcast. Those medals don't don't count. Don't count. <laughs> okay, but uh, even though we saw at Yumila, he was uh, uh, showing great uh, skills and form there, and uh, again, uh, great uh, performance by Jonathan here. And uh, but he mentioned uh, to me at Yumila that it was easier to do some uh, track and field running during winter indoor than uh, to get it. Uh, along with all the orienteering races uh, when uh, the season in orienteering has started. Uh, but um, at least there were two sprint races uh, this um, weekend. And in the sprint relay, there were, um, uh, again, Sjernlund um, at the top. And uh, the, this time it was a duel between Vilma von Krusenstjerna and Josefin Sjernlund at the last leg. And yeah, there was opposite of uh, Saturday's results there. Yeah, so um, it was the sprint relay was uh, yeah quite early on after 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 three legs it was a big big difference between uh, Uko Tisarn and Uko Koire and then down to the rest of the field. Uh, so the last leg was a duel between Yusvin Chandlun and Vilma von Klusenstjerna. Uh, the day before, uh, Vilma won the gold medal one second ahead of Josephine, but uh, here it was. Uh, yeah, a big, big difference. Uh, and Josephine Chenlund, she took t to victory about 20 seconds out of Ukokoga. So the team was uh, with Walter Pettersson, the first year elite runner, and then Eleno Chenlund, Oscar Andrien, the guy that was the first to change over at Long Night uh, in Timila last weekend, and then Josephine Chenlund on the last leg. So, yeah. And then there was, from those two teams, it was a minute down to EFK Göteborg in third place. Uh, Vestevik was number four. Göteborg Mariana was number five and further down, but I think uh, it's quite obvious here in the sprint relay uh, how many teams were missing good runners. Um, and also there's a lot of clubs that have good men, for, for example, Luko Ravinen with uh, Gustav Weyman and Axel Granqvist, and then the, the women's lost a lot of time. Uh, for example, Stura Tuna, if they were here with all the best runners, they would probably be the favorites uh, because they could have yeah, Emil Svensk, Viktor Svensk, Tove Alexandersson and uh, Till Lösberg, for example. Uh, but they didn't even run the race. So, yeah, it's hard to say, it's hard to say it, but yeah, it was a quite clear uh, B stamp uh, on this weekend, uh, especially on the women's side, uh, indiv- individual races where the, the best runners, they were not running. And it's also quite clear in the, in the relay. Uh, from the start of uh, the sprint relay in Sweden and uh, until last year, Suratuna had won all the gold medals. But uh, last year, I'm not sure if they had a team last year, but uh, last year the sprint relay was uh, the Saturday after uh, uh, World Champs in Denmark. The World Champ was, uh, had its last competition on Thursday and then it was sprint relay national champs on Saturday. So... Uh, it was quite tough also to have the best teams there. And uh, this year, uh, Stortuna didn't have any team. So, yeah, Stortuna has been uh, dominating uh, the sprint relay when they have uh, uh, their uh, traditional and strong team. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's always this, like, the, the calendar is so full. Uh, so sometimes you end up with this, like, championship where 
some of the good runners they are not taking part for example how it was with the Norwegian night champs that was the same weekend as the World Cup for example uh, I think the Swedish Federation has decided that from next year it will be uh, it will be uh, a race calendar that follows the international calendar so when there's a sprint world championship there will be like sprint championship uh, in the spring when there is forest world championship there will be forest swedish championship in the spring and then you have the sprint championship in the autumn before the european champs uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that turns out uh, i think for for the men and women 21 it makes sense for for the juniors maybe it doesn't make that much sense but we will see how it turns out uh in finland it was uh, uh champs um, in the middle distance and also there uh... There were some uh, national team runners uh, missing, and uh, but even though there were uh, tight competitions, uh, uh, yeah, uh, did you watch uh, those uh, races? Yeah, I was watching the GPS uh, in the aftermath, uh, and it was extremely close races. Uh, I think it was it up in Vasa this weekend uh, on the northwest coast of Finland. Yeah, that's right. So I think from the I was a bit surprised that it's this close because the yeah the map it, it looks not really tricky but like some quite tricky control so I expected the terrain must have been quite open uh, because there wasn't a lot of mistakes and it was really really close uh, if you start with the with the men this time for example it was yeah 11 runners within 75 seconds uh, so really really close um Laurin Enonen uh, from Kalvan Rasti, he was the fastest guy on the seventh leg of Team Villa last weekend and he, he took the gold medal. Um, Timo Sild was missing the was missing the Team Villa because of injury or sickness and he was back here and he took the silver medal uh, just ahead of his teammate from Kove, Joni Hirvikaleo. And then uh, a surprise to me in Lari Perno from Espoon Sunta in fourth place and then Severin Krimalainen in, in sixth place. In fifth place, or in Tukuseppa, the young guy in sixth place. So, some some surprise names here. Uh, but of course, we didn't have Oleo and Ao, we didn't have Topi Sirelainen, we didn't have um, uh, Mika Kirmula, no Elias Kuka. So, yeah, and Etu Savolainen, uh, one of the other big favorites, he was uh, doing quite good for a while and then they made mistakes in the end. Um, missing, dropping down from the leading position and down to yeah, he finished like ten minutes down. So it was possible to make mistakes, uh, but yeah, in overall a very very close race, uh, a bit too close, uh, I would say. Uh, but maybe if you had Kirmula and Oyanao here, maybe it would have been three minutes between the top ten, not one minute. We should also mention that uh, the middle distance uh, champs in uh, Finland are. Uh... A qualifier in the morning and then uh, in the afternoon it's the final. So it's quite a tough day with uh, two uh, competitions in one day. Yeah, that's uh, that's really really a uh, tough day. I mean, it was was it the World Championship in Czech Republic they had the same for the middle distance with two races in one day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then it was uh, quite tough and it was quite dark also for the latest starter with the. Dance forest, uh, so they it was uh, trouble with the light there in the dance forest, uh, so they would um, almost need a headlamp. Uh, but uh, they were um, also quite tight in the women's class there in uh, in uh, in Finland in the middle, uh, and another shared gold medal. Extremely close. Uh, so a go- shared gold medal, as you mentioned, for Vera Clementinen and Mia Nittinen. Uh, and then Hanne Hilo in third place was only four seconds down. And then we also had a shared fourth place between Elisa Mattila, uh, J-Work champion from last year, and Anne Hanpa. And then with the veteran Silakini and the last in the top six. It was quite close here as well. Um, nine runners within one and a half minute. Uh, the reigning champion, Siri Silvanon, and she was number nine, only one and a half minute behind. So... Um, but yeah, quite close here. But also the same as in the men's class. Uh, some of the best runners they were were not ta- were not taking part. Uh, no Marika Teni, no Van Lahario. Uh, so that gives uh, the younger ones a chance. And yeah, Vera Clementine and she's quite young. 
Han Hilo in third place. This is her first year in the elite class. Uh, and the same with Elisa Matila in fourth place. So a good chance for the for the younger ones here when when the, the ones you expect to be in the top are not taking part. Um and uh, maybe also the VST League race day after uh, uh could say uh, suffer a bit from that, but at least it was uh, really tight. Yeah, and I think when yeah, so the VST League it was with three three races. Uh, with three legs not too long leg times about 37 38 39 minutes uh, terrain must be quite open because it was uh, it seemed like it, from the gps like it was quite easy to follow the pack and it was extremely extremely close in in the men's relay for example it was it was 13 teams within one minute and four seconds after two legs so 13 teams in contention for the victory uh, after two legs uh, in the women's class, it was also extremely close with around 15 teams within one and a half minute. So it was hard to make a difference early on. Um, but uh, on the last leg, we saw we saw some some of the top runners to making the difference. If in the men's class, for example, there was a, a great, great last leg from Eto Savolainen taking the victory for Ikalisten Uswa Voima. Uh, I guess a big revenge for him personally after he lost the... Uh, lost the, the middle distance goal in the last part of the race and um, he was clearly the fastest in the last leg and took his team from a bit down in the field and up to a, a, a solo victory uh, and then there was a sprint for the silver second place between Ture Metzenkeve and Tampere Pirinto uh, in fourth place we had Tampere Pirinto second team and then Helsing in Sundestad uh, without Oleanao without Topi Hirelain in, in fifth place uh, yeah and uh... About Eto Savolainen, um, he had some uh, issues with uh, his injured hand, so it's been uh, quite difficult uh, for him to. Uh, yeah, he cannot uh, take any risks when uh, running, so maybe he has uh, been suffering a bit from that uh, the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, but it seemed like it didn't bother him here. At least uh, I think it was a very impressive race from him. Uh, even if you're missing the best runners. Uh, like Ole Oyanao and Mika Kirmula. I mean, Samu Heiska, Mikko Erola, and some of the other guys he was running against on the last leg is, is very, very good runners, and he was clearly the best one. Uh, yeah, and uh, there was uh, this uh, veteran, Minakopi, who were strongest, uh, taking Laden Sundstad at the victory in the women's class. Yeah, and I think being strongest is a really, really good description of it. Uh, because yeah, um, it was extremely close also in the women's class, uh, and uh, uh, Mina went out a little bit behind the the top uh, teams, uh, but she was in contention of course, uh, and then she was running a really really fast last leg, catching up with the other girls, and then going to the front, and yeah, it seemed like she was kind of running away from them. Uh, very impressive, uh, given it's ten years since she retired. Uh, so Laden Sundestad won the race uh, ahead of uh, Poyantethi with Kirsi Nurmi on the last leg. And then Rasti Karot uh, was third place and before the young team from Espon Sunta in fourth place. And then Sunta Yveskela in fifth place. Uh, so a lot of teams uh, also here missing some of the best runners, uh, especially like Tampere Pirinter and uh, Kalman Rasti. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of Finnish teams that are looking good before before Jukola in three weeks' time. Yeah, you can see here that uh, Laden Sundstedt can be uh, strong in uh, in the Venla. Uh, that has only one leg more than uh, and then this uh, relay. So, yeah. And uh, we should also mention uh, the overall uh, VST League. Uh, Tampa and Pirante are uh, in front in both the uh, women's and the men's uh, uh, competitions. Yeah, and uh, especially impressive. Tampa Pirinto on the men's side has been really impressive this year. Uh, so the second team of Tampa Pirinto is in fourth place of the Relay League. Uh, so they, they've shown really, really good depth the whole spring. Uh, we saw it on Tiumila. Even without Elias Kuka, they have had 10 very strong runners on the on the start field uh, where they got the second place. And I think, uh, yeah, it's it's really close. Tampa Pirinto and Ikalisten has the same amount of points and Ture Messenkevi is also in contention here. So 
nothing is decided at all and it will probably be a close fight the whole season uh, until the final event uh, but yeah i think tampa parent uh, when when Jukola comes around i think tampa parent has a better team than italian for example so uh, but then we're back in the in the autumn with with these relays with fewer legs where italian also is very very good so it will be interesting to see the fight uh, the whole season here uh, from um, finland to uh... The Baltic or Turing champs. Uh, we have some uh, strong runners also here, uh, and there were a tight fight in the um, women's long distance there on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how important the Baltic or Turing champs is. Uh, there are some really good runners here, but also, uh, yeah, the depth of the runners are not the greatest. Uh, you see some some runners that are doing good in the World Cup, but also some of the best ones are missing. Uh, in women's relay, it was a battle between Elsa Kuse and Annika Rima. Uh, quite, quite a funny duel because Elsa Kuse is like 21, 22 and Annika Rima is very, very experienced. So but, yeah, it's really like the best of two worlds here. Um, this time it was the, the young one taking the, the victory uh, a minute ahead of Annika Rima with, uh, with another experienced runner, Laura Wiki, in third place. It was um, three minutes uh, between the three runners in the podium here. And in the men's class, as you mentioned, uh, the depth of the runner were not so uh, strong here. No, a lot of the ones you see from yeah, Latvia, Estonia, uh, that are performing very, very well in uh, in in international events, they were missing. Uh, no Seal Brothers, for example. Uh, so Algirdas Partikevicius from Lithuania, he won uh, ahead of Ullis Uptis from Latvia, and then there was a big, big gap from those two and down to uh, the veteran Vilius Alunias, which was, which was almost 10 minutes down in third place. Um, it's worth noting that uh, also the women had uh, yeah, over 80 minutes uh, running, so it was, a, it was a really long distance there in the Saturday. Yeah, but you know, from yeah, from next year, isn't it already from next year the women shall have equal time with men in the long distance races, or is it? Yeah, I think it's already next year, so they better get prepared. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, uh, they were so tight in the women's class, and uh, it was so big differences in the men's class. So just uh, worth mentioning. Yeah, and in the relay, it was uh, uh, Annika Rima got her revenge, we could say. Yeah, so I think the, the Latvian girl team should be the big favorite. Like they had the winner from the long distance, Elsa Kuse, they had the third place from the long distance in Laura Vike, and also Sandra Grosberger. And they were in a big lead off the two legs, but Laura Vike on the last leg uh, had not a great race. And she started out with a five minute lead and she got caught and passed by Annika Rima for, for Estonia. So. Laura, Jonas, Margaret Singerman and Annika Rima won the women's relay here. Uh, and then it was 10 minutes down to to Lithuania in third place. So it was bit, yeah, it was a, really a fight between Estonia and Latvia here. And um, if uh, Latvia got the silver in the women's, uh, they got the gold medal in the men's uh, relay. Yeah, and it was a clear gold medal, uh, winning with the five minutes ahead of Lithuania. Uh, not a big surprise because it seems like, yeah, if you're looking at the names, Latvia has a better team with uh, Ilgvars Kauna, Edgar Spetoks and Uli Supitis. Uh, of course, Lithuania had the winner from the, yes, the, the day before in Algeidas Parkevitius, but yeah, quite big difference here. And also the bronze medal went to the third team from Latvia, uh, but they were over 10 minutes down, so big differences here. Yeah, um, I think we should also... Mention uh, uh, the Czech uh, Cup races uh, this weekend. We could uh, uh, see that uh, there are some runners uh, showing uh, really great shape uh, this uh, spring. Yeah, and uh, talking about proper long distance races, uh, the men had a really, really tough long distance here with a winning time of almost 100 minutes. Um, so that's a that's a good last test before the selection races in, in Switzerland next weekend. Yeah, and I mean, uh, when talking about uh, uh, runners showing uh, great shape, uh, I mean, uh, the winner both days in the men's class. Yeah, Thomas Krivda, 
I'm I'm really impressed by him uh, because yeah he's he's the best Czech runner uh, but it's also he's very stable and he's winning basically every time he's running a race in Czech uh, and quite often also with a big margin so it's not only that he has the highest level uh, on a good day he has the highest level basically every day um, it was the same three guys on the top three. Uh, so Kivda, he won both days. Uh, in the middle distance, Martin Rudny was second and Milos Nikodim was third. Uh, in the long distance, the two ladder switch position with uh, Nikodim in second and Rudny in third. Um, and yeah, I'm, Kivda has been really good uh, for, for a few years now. Uh, I remember it was kind of a surprise when he was the fastest on the sixth leg at Jukola. 2021 in Rovaniemi. Uh, it's not a surprise anymore when he's uh, when he's uh, winning races in Czech or if he's uh, winning the fast uh, setting the fastest time at the at Jukola in a few weeks time either. Uh, he's become really really good. Uh, maybe we should uh, yeah see him performing also in uh, uh, in uh, World Champs uh, this summer. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm not. Quite sure how well the middle distance terrain fits him, but uh, it 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 can suit him really well. Uh, and I think also for the long distance, I think especially for the long distance, I think he should be very very competitive. Um, and uh, in the women's class here, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, different winners um, the two days. Yeah, so if Thomas Kirda is the best Czech man, uh, Teresa Janoshiskova is is clearly the best Czech women. Uh, but she is not as stable uh, as Krivda. Uh, and in the middle distance, she got beaten by Denisa Kosova. Then she was, Jana Shiskova was second, and Vendula Horshiskova was third. Um, in the long distance, uh, Teresa Jana Shiskova, she, she got her revenge winning a small minute ahead of Vendula Horshiskova, and then with Teresa Chekova in third place. Uh, in the men's class on the long distance, the gaps were quite big. Uh, Krivda was winning with more than four minutes, and third place was nine minutes down. Uh, in the women's class, it was much, much tighter, uh, less than a minute between the number one and two. And also Chekova in third place was number three, less than two minutes behind. So much, much closer among the women. Um, about women, we can jump uh, to the Austrian champs middle. And uh, here we had uh, almost the whole uh, Swedish uh, national team uh, at the start line in the women's class. Uh, it was a world ranking event, and uh, they took, uh, yeah, the four, the four first uh, positions there. The Swedes. Yeah, so you know the the Austrian champs uh, was won by Karina uh, Polzer, but she was only in sixth place of the race. Uh, but if we just look at the Austrian girls fighting out for the Austrian champs title, it was uh, it was very close. Uh, from Karina Polzer uh, in first place to Laura Ramstein in fourth place, it was less than two minutes. Uh, so a proper fight for the for the medals, uh, but of course they were beaten by five foreign girls. Um, first there was the four Swedish girls with Hanna Lundberg, Tuvalis Andersson, Caroline Olsson and Sara Hagström. And then the Swiss girl Elena Ross was just behind the Swedes in fifth place. Uh, so I think if you look at the top five, uh, it could uh, hypothetically it could have been the same top five in a World Cup race. Um, because it's yeah really really high level from these runners and it's always interesting when Tove gets beaten uh, but of course uh, this is not the important race um, we know that she often turns up uh, to another level when it's really mattering yeah she has another gear maybe and uh, yeah and also it's another tension when it's uh, yeah a World Cup uh, race or a uh... Uh, yeah, world champs race, uh, but this time it was uh, Austrian champs, and in the men's class, it was uh, an Austrian winner of the race, also, even though it was um, some foreign runners uh, uh, at the start list, also here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good, really good start field here, and uh, Janis Bonnik has been really solid the whole, the whole spring, and I, I'm very, very impressed by his running this year. Um, he's definitely one to look out for as a as a dark horse for for world championship. Maybe not for a medal, but uh, for a surprise top six, top eight position. Maybe uh, this time he won the middle distance a minute faster than uh, Daniel Hubman, which was second in the race. 
Florian Howalt was third, a few seconds behind his national team colleague. Uh, Oskar Schöber, he was number four. And then Matthias Peter uh, took the silver medal in the Austrian champs, number five here in the race. And then Martin Hubmann was in sixth place. So really, really good level here with the three good uh, runners from the Swiss national team um, and also a very strong Swede. Uh, I'm impressed by um, Matthias Peter because I don't think he has uh, slept so much uh, this uh, week uh, before the race. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, he, he had a rough experience at Tumila, but I mean, that's life as an orienteer. Sometimes you fuck up and you just have to move on. And there is always a new race just around the corner where you can turn the turn the paper around. Yeah, I mean, this uh, shows that he's, uh, uh, jo- joke aside, uh, this shows that he's a really good runner, even if he... Yeah, uh, you did you say fucked up uh, for uh, Soratelia and Tumila, but uh, at least I think he felt that when he was uh, hitting the uh, hitting the ground in the ice hockey hall in Shilafteo last weekend. But uh, here he is, uh, he has got a silver medal in the national champs, and uh, yeah, uh, it shows that orienteering you can turn the turn the card and uh, get a new chance. Uh, and already this week, it's new chances uh, uh, for. Uh, Many runners, uh, and uh, the tickets for the world champs are uh, to be handed out for many na- national team uh, after selection races uh, with two middle distances uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then a long distance on Tuesday. This will be exciting, uh, Ivo. Yeah, and for for a lot of runners, uh, yeah, you can say that this is the the most important weekend of the season. Uh, for some runners it's the most important weekend of the, their career um, because yeah if you make it to the world championship maybe this is the, the only chance maybe this is the first chance maybe this is the last chance you never know um, and we, there is a lot of runners taking part uh, there is more than 180 men, male runners and more than 130 females uh, and a lot of countries are here with a lot of runners. Uh, Finland, for example, they have 23 men and 22 women. Sweden has 16 men and 17 women. Norway has 17 men and 10 women. They, I think they are the three biggest. And then you also have a big, big group of runners from France, Czech, Great Britain, Austria, Germany. Uh, and also, of course, there's a lot of Swiss runners, but it's not the Swiss selection race. They are... Uh, they are the weekend after Jukola. They are going for selection races much, much closer to, to the world champs. Uh, yeah, uh, I've seen uh, the start list. Uh, uh, there are many runners and high quality. And uh, yeah, I I, um, I was running. Uh, there was a, a world champs in Switzerland uh, 20 years ago. I'm still talking about those races. I was running selection races back then. Uh, uh, traveling from Norway to Switzerland. And I think, uh, as you say, this is a really important week for all the runners. They will feel the tension. Uh, maybe for the first time uh, this season for many of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you have these kind of runners that are... That maybe those have been running World Championship before uh, and then they've been struggling a little bit. And then like this is really the chance to to show that they still got it. Uh, a prime example in uh, Magne Daly, the Norwegian guy, uh, been running World Championship for, for 10 years, always been yeah quite given in the Norwegian team. Uh, this year, he's not given at all and he really has to perform. Uh, and I'm sure there are similar stories in, in many countries. So there will be a lot of nervous runners uh, this weekend. Do you know when Magne Daly made his uh, World Champs debut? Uh, I think it was in Switzerland 2012 when he was number seven at middle distance. Yeah, but before that he was uh, uh, outbeaten in the qualifier in the sprint. And then he got the silver medal in the relay. So it was uh, some uh, down and uh, then up, up in that champ. Uh, That was uh, 11 years ago in Lausanne. Yeah, uh, and I think, uh, yeah. But he's not the only experienced guy that has to show form. Uh, we we skipped that. We didn't mention it when we talked about the Austrian champs, but uh, Gernot uh, Imsien, uh, formerly known as Kershbaumer, uh, he's been struggling with injuries this year. 
I think he's in men 40 as well now, the same age as uh, Martin Hubman, Daniel Hubman, sorry. Uh, and he's been injured in the spring and now he's back and he was number four of the Austrians. So, yeah, with one week to go to the selection race, uh, it's good to see that the, the old circus horses are, are back in action. Yeah, but I mean, Imsen uh, showed uh, when it was the European champs in Switzerland in 2018 when he got the medal there in the long distance that uh, this is something that can suit him uh, really well uh, the long distance. And uh, yeah. And maybe in his experience also can uh, take him to the start line in the middle distance. Uh, I don't know uh, who, who are uh, yeah who are your favorite uh, when you're looking at the start list uh, for uh, yeah a double middle and a long distance. I guess um, I guess the classes will be split. It, it, it has to be split. They can't have 183 men running the same course. Um, so. But yeah, if if you if you if you if you see that, for example, Sweden, Norway, and Switzerland has the has the same courses, it will be really really interesting to see how uh, the Swedish man stands against uh, Kibbutz and Fosse. Uh, we know that uh, the Swedish has a really really big depth, um, and last year they were fantastic at European champs. Uh, but this kind of it will be interesting to see if they are this good in the in this tough mountain race i think maybe there will be like 800 meters of climbing in a long distance race and yeah it will be interesting to see if the swedish men are competitive uh, also uh, towards uh, yeah against kibbutz and foster uh, in this tough tough terrain um about uh, those uh, selection races uh, from norway 20 years ago there was a story that back then there was uh, someone who uh, you know, you should uh, put to the coaches some uh, uh, to have out in the dr- uh, drinking bottles uh, to uh, to the long distance there. And uh, there were uh, some uh, people who made a joke and uh, put some yogurt uh, and ro- wrote uh, Bjorn of Alstad on the bottle and uh, had some protein uh, drink and uh, wrote uh, Bjorn Eriksson on the bottle. And uh, and they also had uh, this Pringles. You know the uh, Pringles? Uh, uh, yeah, chips. W- where we have chips, and I put some carrots there and wrote Eustan Christiansen. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Walsa, he got yogurt and he was uh, pu- puking uh, up, uh, so there was no good uh, feeling for him in the long distance. But uh, the most funny was when uh, this uh, Norwegian coach, uh, he was uh, he was actually believing that uh, Christiansen was supposed to have some carrots <laughs> at, at, uh, at the long distance, so he said, Eystein, skal du ikke ha gulrøttene dine? In Norwegian. So that's a, that's a good joke. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, that's quite uh, hot in Switzerland now. So I don't think that's a good idea to have some carrots and, uh, at the drinking station. Yeah, I, if, it's, if it's 25, 30 degrees, I would rather have a carrot than yogurt at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, what you uh, actually want is uh, really fresh legs and uh, good orienteering. But um, you were talking about, um, uh, earlier this episode, you were talking about uh, the Norwegian selection races in uh, in uh, junior class, uh, where you have been watching uh, some interesting results. And actually, we've got the selections here. Uh, are you uh, eager Ooh. to uh, listen to them? I guess... Uh... Yeah, I guess uh, the, the top five uh, among the men was uh, very easy to see, uh, and maybe and then the last one, uh, the last spot might be interesting. But maybe I should guess, and then you can say if I'm right. Should we start with the men, as you mentioned there? Then where you can, yeah. uh, since you, you you're telling it's easy to mention. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. So, so I, the five I think is easy to take is uh, Brage Takle. He was winning all three races this weekend. Uh, Martin Weus-Scherve, he was running Geot last year and he was t- uh, number two on both the long and middle. Uh, Alfred Björneröd was on the podium at least one day and he was two times in the top five or something like that. So he should be in. Uh, then Philip Romeren, he was stable. Uh, and then, of course, Eva Dalsautun that was good in the sprint race and also solid in the in the in the in the forest races. So I think those five are in. Yeah, that's uh, correct. Uh, five out of five uh, so far. You're mm-hmm. a really expert here. 
And then I would guess that the, the young, the 17-year-old, Jonas Fenne Ingerd, uh, he should be the last guy. Not very impressive in the forest races, but I think he won the sprint race. So that should be enough. Uh, he, uh, you hit the bullseye. Uh, six out of six in the, in the Norwegian team there. We can um, uh, conclude with Alfan Bjørnere, Philip Lehmann Romøren. Martin Vehus Scherva, Jonas Fanne Inger, Ivar Dalsøvne Thun and Brage Takla are um, competing for Norway in the men's class in the J-Walk. And then we have the women's class. Yeah, so I think it's five here as well. And then I'm not sure on the last one. Uh, Pia Youngwijk, she was the fastest in the sprint and she was in the podium in all the other races. Uh, Kristin Melby Jakobsen, very impressive this week. Uh, winning both middle and long, I think. Uh, what's her name? Ingeborg Ekeland, uh, very good sprinter, also pre- performing well in the forest races this weekend. So it seems like she's taken a big step this year. Uh, Marta Glöschen, very stable in all the races. And then I think, uh, ooh, what, what's her first name? Moseland, the Uppsal girl. Uh, Ingeborg. Ingeborg, yeah. Yeah, Ingeborg Moseland. I think she was in the top five on all the races this weekend. So I guess those five. And then the last one should be, uh, what's her name? The one from Tumse, Iversen. Uh, yeah, Elisa Götz-Iversen. Um, Elisa Götz-Iversen. Maybe her. She was good in the middle distance, but maybe not good enough in the races before. Uh, you have five out of six here. Um, it's uh, Jandine Jalstad-Rebord instead of Ingeborg Rollmoslan. So... The women uh, running Ooh. the J-Walk for Norway are Elisa Götz-Ivarsen, Pia Jungvik, Kristin Melby-Jakobsen, Jandine Jalstad-Reborn, Mattia Glörsen, Ingeborg Rygg-Eikeland. So, yeah. Mm. But uh, that was uh, interesting. And we can see that you hit uh, on 11 out of 12 there. And we will uh, talk more about uh, J-Walk in uh, the preview episode um, when we are... Uh, Entering the uh, yeah one month uh, ahead of us now I think in the last part of uh, June we will have that episode. Uh, but uh, I've seen uh, we can put that on a hot uh, on an um, uh, going out on a hot one here. I've seen uh, there are um, also some uh, new boys uh, with a uh, orienting podcast. Have you listened to them? Uh, I've listened to the first two, and then you said that the third episode has come today, so I haven't been able to, to listen to that yet. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, uh, yesterday it was. Uh, its uh, uh, name is Orienteer Pod, and uh, there are uh, three orienteering runners Tim Robertson, Ralph Street, and Magnus Devet, who are in the charge or are talking in that pod. And uh, we will, uh, of course, recommend uh, uh, them. Because uh, more uh, orienteering in uh, monitor or in uh, your AirPods or in your uh, ear, that's always good, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I think we are hitting a different segment than they are uh, in the way we are talking about news and results and uh, different races and selections. Uh, I think over there you will get more of the the life of an elite orienteer. Uh, They are all three elite runners. Tim Robertson and Ralph Street are with very, very good international results behind them. Uh, especially in the sprint races, they are yeah, among the six, seven best sprint racers in the world. Uh, so they have some interesting insight of the from the life of an orienteer and not only about the results of an orienteer as we are more focused on. Uh, we can tell uh, the results and the good stories. Uh, and they are uh, not... Uh... Uh, allowed to tell until uh, they've uh, retired. <laughs> yes, so I think we with that we we sign off from this week. So yeah, and search for Orienteer Pod. You can find them on social media, Instagram at least, and also in the. Uh, I think they are on Spotify. I'm not sure if they are on the Apple Podcast yet. And we will be back with uh, new results and uh, good stories and all about. Uh, I think we uh, we know how to orienteer also, Ivo. But uh, at least we are experts from uh, the sofa. And we yes. will be back uh, next week. Thank you for that.
mannen dra ut och löp orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko. Sikta sågar efter bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god. I vår national orientering podcast Mapping compass, navigation skill Orientering competition Nej, bommet nog jävligt på På bossen här uppe va Running like a motherfucker I vår national orientering podcast